Hey guys, Mark Kenyon here from Wired to Hunt, and welcome to the 66th episode of the 100% Wild podcast. And today, we're answering a listener-submitted question about layering and understanding the right types of clothing to wear in certain situations, how to manage your different clothes with a tree stand harness, and a whole bunch of stuff like that. So we cover a lot of stuff related to being comfortable in the woods while out hunting, and I think you guys will find this helpful, especially this time of year while we're in the off-season and a lot of us are making our purchase decisions around what kind of stuff we want to have to use this coming fall. Hopefully this comes in handy when you're doing that yourself. So without further ado, I will kick it to our previously recorded interview. Enjoy. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Mark Kenyon with Wired to Hunt. Matt Drury is over there too. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you today? I'm doing well. And uh, we've got our special guests with us again this week. We do. We have uh, Tim Chelswick joining us. Perfect. For nice job. the second podcast in a row. <laughs> and I have uh, pronounced his name correctly twice now. Yeah, you could just quit. Yeah, I'm just, just be I'm done. Fixing to. <laughs> Tim, Tim K. Yeah, yeah. People are like, you need to shorten up your name or Americanize it or something. <laughs> So, anyways, we're uh, we're here at the Jury Studios as always, and looking forward to jumping into another good topic today with you. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about something that's definitely on my mind, a lot of people's minds, which is well, I guess to be honest with you, I don't know if this is on everyone's mind right now. I guess maybe just on mine because I'm a shopaholic and I'm already thinking about different things I want to buy for the upcoming season. Um, but today's question of the day, which we'll get to eventually, is related to your gear, what you're wearing out there hunting. Um, right now, I'm not wearing a lot of that stuff because it's getting hot finally. I'm more so worried about looking under my garments trying to find ticks. I don't know. Have you guys been seeing those by you yet? Um, I think they're starting to kind of get a little they're bit thicker, out. yeah. Because yeah. So it was super wet and cold for the, you know, the first week of turkey season, and then it really warmed up here last week and this mm-hmm. week, and um, this is the last week of turkey season. Um, so I don't know when this – podcast layer but uh, in missouri our season ends i believe on the fifth or sixth i think it's the sixth sixth. so anyhow uh they're starting to yeah they're starting to come out of the woodwork literally my my first one was in february this year and to me that's always a rite of passage for spring like i know spring is coming in february i've gotten them as early as january in the st louis area that's nuts maybe it's just a strange biochemical thing about me (laughs) yeah that's scary tick in january (laughs) <laughs> some kind of magnetism well you know it's interesting you bring that up because may the, the and this will likely air in may may is lyme's disease awareness month um i don't know or yeah i, th- I believe that's what the, what it is Dude, it is now you just called it so. yeah yeah it's lime there i'm gonna stop going with it uh so yourself <laughs> we, we, we've talked about doing an episode about that in the past man i know um because it's impacted your family right yeah, it has. Um, I know Dad had it. Um, he, I, he, he. I think it was Rocky Mountain. Is that what it's called? The, yeah, Rocky uh, Mountain spotted fever. Yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. Comes from ticks. Yep. So both him and Mark have test. I guess once you have that, like you will test positive for it the rest of your, your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Um, both Mark and Dad have had it, but Dad, when he got it, um, I don't remember. It's maybe two years, two or three years ago. He he got it got really bad, and you got to get on an antibiotic to get kind of get it out of your system or or to get to feeling better. But he said it was to a point where he couldn't hardly get out of bed. His bones and his joints and everything hurt yeah. so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I know even on our team we've had several guys on the jury team uh, get you know gonna get hit with it as well so it's it's no joke and and you you read some things that i know out like in the northeast there's um a few like new strands or you know it's you might know more yeah well yeah so so the the northeast is is um is notorious for lyme's disease because that's i think lyme maine is where it where it was originally don't quote me on the state but (laughs) but here in the midwest we have a new um, a, a new tick-borne illness that we're discovering that's spread by the Lone Star tick, and that's uh, I think they're calling it Alpha Gal. It's some it's a much longer scientific term, but it essentially makes you allergic to a particular protein found in venison, which is extremely ironic because it's typically outdoorsmen that are going to contract this, and it's making them allergic to the very thing that we're pursuing, the the, the venison. And and so so it's it's just it's now becoming more known and doctors are, are figuring out how to treat it. But it but you really gotta be careful. My my number one tip for avoiding tick exposure is to use a chemical called permethrin. And there are different different variants of that. Different manufacturers make different uh, different variations, but it's an insecticide that literally kills um, the, the ticks in time so they're not able to latch on. So that's what all my turkey gear gets doused in. Yeah, and every year. I, yeah. I know. I, I've always heard about that. It sounds like some pretty heavy-duty stuff. I always worry a little bit if it's killing me just a little bit too. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll find out in thirty what years. Check it, back right? in. I've got a third eye in my forehead. So you definitely yeah. gotta be careful when you apply it. So like when when and, and the warnings are on the bottle. Like you can get it at a Walmart. It's a yellow bottle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. And and you gotta really be careful. I mean, they don't want any skin contact with it so like i usually wear a pair of gloves when i spray my stuff down but you don't want it to be windy outside when you spray your stuff so like i'll spray all my stuff and and mostly it's like to get your what you know like the pant legs you know like your waist you know those types of yeah the sock like the areas where you know they're they're usually kind of infiltrating the Mm -hmm. the setup and uh (laughs) you know so you just spray it down real good and then you let it dry you know for I don't know. It doesn't take even that long to dry, but I think no. they recommend a you know twelve hours or something like that. Yeah, and and, and then the other cool thing about it is that it is uh, it's good for like it remains active for about two weeks despite yeah. rain and you know the wear and tear that you put on it walking through the walking through the the woods of the weeds and so it's great stuff. But you know, time will tell what <laughs> what it does. But right now the trade off to me is worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe right now we don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's a legitimate – that's a legitimate thing to think of, Mark, honestly. But, um, I mean, for now, they say it, as long as you follow kind of the directions, it's, it's you know, safe to safe to use. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's a problem for future Mark and future Tim and future yeah. Matt, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old guys. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. So, we got all sorts of – uh-huh. I should yeah. get a- Asbestos laced camo. Listen, this is why we have kids, though. 
they're going to have to take care of us. That's the bottom line. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I, speaking of kids, I just took my son out for his first like hike. We finally had some nice weather. So we went for a hike yesterday and this was, this exact topic was on our mind. We were out there. One of my buddies texted me. He's like, Hey, just heads up. Just found my first tick of the year. And I'm like, Oh geez. And we had yeah. my son like rolling around in the leaves and everything playing with him. And now I'm thinking, Oh geez. The father of the year award is coming your way. So, yeah. so- would not recommend the tick spray, but, and yeah. I don't think the pediatrician would as well. Like, you shouldn't have it anywhere near your son. Yes, definitely <laughs> think that's a good idea. Yeah. So, so speaking of gear and clothing, then um, unless you got any other quick updates you wanna you wanna jump on, Matt, we maybe could jump to that question of the day. Yeah, let's get right to it. Hello, Mark and Matt. My name is Gordon Lanker, and I live in Southeast Michigan. I am primarily a tree stand hunter, and being a tree stand hunter in a high-pressured state like Michigan, I always have to be worried about sound and movement while in the stand. Last season, I switched over to a new clothing layering system. My question is, with using a layering system, how do you guys limit movement and sound when adding or removing layers? Also, how do you add and remove layers while wearing a safety harness and tether? Thanks for your help. I really enjoyed the show. Yeah, so it's a good question. Fellow Michigander, I always like questions from my from my home state fellows. Um, and I can offer a few thoughts maybe to get it started. And then I'd be curious, you know, not only I thought we could talk about his specific question about how to manage sound and noise and changing your layers and stuff over, um, you know, harness, but then also maybe talk through our basic components of whatever clothing we wear the layering systems how we manage that during different times of the year some stuff like that might be interesting um so i would say at a a super high level when it comes to changing in and out of different gear in the tree um i try to keep common sense in mind i'd say at first so if i'm going to change layers so let's say i start the day out and it's an afternoon hunt, kind of warm out, so I'm wearing something light to start the day, and then it gets like that final hour or whatever, and you know that it's going to cool down. If I know there's right, if I'm expecting movement to come, but it's not there yet, nothing's moving yet. I'm going to try to proactively add that extra layer before there's deer, even though maybe I'm not cold yet. But if I know that probably it's going to cool off, mm-hmm. I'll try to throw that extra layer on before there's deer around. Because, of course, once there's deer around within sight, I'm not changing layers at all. So I'm only going to be adding or taking off layers when there's nothing in sight. And I'm just really careful about it. So I'm constantly watching, trying to pick the right moment to do it. When it's happening, I'm moving very, very slowly. I'm just being very careful to try to make as minimal noise as possible. Usually what I'm doing, um, it depends on the situation. There's some and um, there's some outfits that I would want to try to get the layer underneath my harness. Um, there's some that I'll just layer over top of the harness. So if for some reason I have to put this layer underneath the harness to make it, you know, accessible or less cumbersome i'll sit down and i'll just take one arm strap off pull on a sleeve put that back on take another and just be really slow and careful about that and making sure it's not dangerous at all you don't want to be standing up taking off your whole harness throwing on new gear and not being attached to the tree um so i just take my time i'm quiet i'm careful i'm constantly watching you know if i see a deer approaching i'm going to either stop what i'm doing or if i have the time finish up really quickly um 
And I think that covers the very basics of how I go about it. Again, a lot of it comes down to managing things that might happen while you're doing that too. So I've ran into trouble a couple times. Like if I'm not super careful, if you unsnap a part of your harness that maybe has like a metal buckle or something, and then that comes off a shoulder and it bangs against the side of your tree stand or against your bow arm or something like that, that's obviously a huge mistake. So when I'm changing things, I'm just trying to manage any little variable like that. So just being very cognizant of where any loud things might be. Super quiet with my zipper, super quiet with buttons or anything. If there's Velcro, I'm doing it really, really slowly to try to make sure I'm not making those loud noises. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's no super secret tactic I'm using there. I'm just using common sense. Quiet, slow, careful. Um, Rather than jumping into my full layering system, though, do you guys have anything first when it comes to those specific parts of this deal yeah i mean i'm in the same boat i I, you know it feels like every time i go into a tree i'm usually because you you never want to walk in with everything and i and sometimes i will say and when it's a rut and it's a you know you're walking in 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 the dark and you know sometimes i do wear everything it's kind of I don't know. It's, it c- kind of goes against the way that I learned growing up because a lot of times we'd get to the spot and then put on our outer layer. So you don't obviously you don't want to get all worked up, sweat your butt off, mm-hmm. and then you're sitting there, and then it's a cool, brisk morning. And all of a sudden, you're drenched. You stink. You know, it's it goes against everything a, a bow hunter or a hunter in general wants to you know wants to be living in while they're out there in a tree. Yeah. So. Um, I kind of go against it, against my own advice when it's the the couple key critical days during the rut uh, because I want to get in and make the least amount of noise and get settled in like as quickly as possible because frankly, it feels like, you know, th- those big bucks are on their feet those first like 10, 15 minutes, you know, and so if you're going to get a chance at one, it seems like it's going to be right then and there or else it's going to be like, 10 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock, you know, when, cruising. right when you're yeah cruising, right when you're fixing to want to get down. So, um, that, that, you know, my advice, I, in the, in the early season, I definitely do exactly the way you explained it. When I get in, I put on my, you know, I, I get my harness, my harness is on when I walk in and I always, first things first, I put the strap on and then hook in as soon as mm-hmm. I get in there. And then I unpack my backpack and do all the rest of the stuff. You you know, you get your arrow on the, on the bow and hang it up and get all that stuff ready. But once I get settled, usually it's like, all right, I'm kind of cooling off. And, and now it's time to get the jacket on. So yeah. you got to slowly take off the, you know, one shoulder of the harness. It's always like a kind of a like an eerie feeling. You know, you're I don't know. It's like driving without a seatbelt anymore like you don't if mm-hmm. you know well, you know i'm 37 yeah. so when i was we, we, 16, we grew up do, riding grew, without seat yeah but on. now like i would never i just don't because mm-hmm. i'm used to it's automatic you know, it's automatic i just do it so it, it feels weird when you are taking it off and you're in the tree because and that it, we proved it this year you know with dad a, an accident can happen in a blink of an eye right. and so um you know, I, I don't think I would recommend that at all, and I don't think anybody would want us to recommend taking off your know, harness at any point when you're in a tree to put in to, and putting something on. So, I mean, some guys I know they'll they'll walk in without every layer on, and then before they get up, they'll put on you know their last layer and just climb up with the last layer on. So, you know, 
full disclaimer there. I don't think you should take off your harness when you're in the It's train. not worth it. It's, it's just not worth it. The, the question is an awesome one, though, because thermal regulation in the woods is so critical because you overheat. Like you said, Matt, you stink. You potentially blow your cover. If you get too cold, you will not. You will likely not be able to stay as long in the stand, and time on stand it can typically equal more success. Um, and uh, and then if you're if you're too cold, you get stiff. It's hard to to get a good a good smooth draw when the time comes. Usually, it's like right before dark, and you've been sitting all day. So uh, so thermal regulation is is so important. And when I you know when when I put my sometimes I won't put my harness on until I get to the the, the base of my tree. Because I know walking in September 15th here in Missouri, it can be 80, 90 degrees yeah. during uh, during the day. So so if, if I sweat, I want to minimize what articles of clothing take the sweat. So I'll put the, the harness on right when I get to the base of the tree. And I always put my harness on on the, on the lowest layer of clothing that I have. If I go out, you know, in January, it could be a high of 40 degrees and I could get down to the teens around here. So, so it, it's against my base layer and then I'll just snake the tree strap through the collar, you know, b- between the collar and then my base layer and then around the tree. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but that allows me to get my coat on and off if I need to without having to monkey with removing my harness. And some of the new, you know, you know, there's some garments that kind of um, are prepared for that. And they mm-hmm. have the slot back there in the back, you know, between your shoulder blades where, you know, it, it's made for this very thing. Uh, but some don't, you know, right. so you kind of got to you got to figure it out. <laughs> and, and, and even the ones that do, you still then have to remove the tree step to, yeah. to, to snake yeah. it back through the hole. And, yeah. and so, yeah, there's, uh, there's, it, it, th- these are the things that people don't always think about, but you really need to, because a little, you know, like, like Mark, you said, uh, a buckle falling off and bumping your tree stand that could, that could ruin your whole hunt. Are you falling out and ruining your whole life? <laughs> so oh, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, really there's, 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 the possibilities only get worse and worse and worse when you when you have to do it. Uh, so I don't know. It's just something to be cognizant of. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have to realize what what are the risks and what are the rewards in the scenario. Like you know, if 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 I minimize movement, if 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 I can take my take my harness off and be a little more comfortable, but then I'm risking my life for the chance that at maybe a deer that that maybe will walk by. It's just not it's just not worth it. Let's put things in perspective. Yeah. I, w- I would uh, add a few more things back to layering. Um, I agree when it comes to all the safety stuff, 100%. We wouldn't recommend anything to you know, take off your harness, all being crazy, being unsafe. Um, but a few things as far as being comfortable, because to Tim's point, if you're, I mean, that's the biggest thing when it comes to getting quality gear, whatever type of, whatever brand, whatever, et cetera, camo color, whatever, get something that's as quality as you can get it because as Tim said the more time on stand the better chances you're going to have you don't want being cold or sweaty or too hot or whatever it might be some type of discomfort to pull you out of the tree stand at a time when you need to be taking advantage of those few opportunities that you do have so one super important piece that will allow you to manage a lot of the issues with changing temperatures is good base layers there's nothing more important to me than having a base layer that's going to wick away moisture quickly and effectively so you want a synthetic base layer or a wool base layer do not wear cotton please do not wear a cotton t-shirt or something like that because you will stay sweaty all morning you are not going to get back to that comfortable dry state 
Mm-hmm. So that's like the base thing, and I guess that's why they call it the base layer. It's the foundation of your there layering you system <laughs> uh, that's going to help you be comfortable out there. So that's something all sorts of different companies and brands have base layers yep. like that. So that's number one. Uh, another piece that's really important for me, you know, usually what my layering system looks like is some kind of synthetic or wool base layer. And mm-hmm. then next that I'm going to put on, depending on your temperature and everything, but usually then it's like an insulating piece. If it's, let's say it's cold, it's the rut. So some kind of puffier type of whether it be down or premium loft or some kind of warmth that creates that space where you can hold your body's warmth in and then on the outside usually some kind of shell so sometimes that's going to be like um, a rain jacket or it's going to be like a hard fleece or it's going to be like a soft shell whatever whatever type of gear you've got you want something that's going to do a couple things you want something that's going to uh, repel it's going to have some kind of wind resistance you want something that's going to have maybe a little bit of water resistance. If not even, if it can be fully waterproof, great. But at least some kind of little bit of water resistance is nice. And then you want something that's quiet. So whatever your outer piece is, you want to make sure that when you're moving around, when you're brush, when you're, you know, whatever, be shifting around and that fabric's rubbing against more fabric, that it's quiet. So if you wore like a, like your generic rain jacket that you buy at uh, the store that you would wear just walking around outside, that is a really loud fabric that's going to be loud. It's going to make a lot of noise when it's rubbing up against itself or rubbing up against a tree or something. So most good quality clothing companies in the hunting world now have quiet fabrics. I would just make sure to look at that when you're thinking through all this because that has a big impact on our original question, which is trying to quietly add or take off layers. The fabrics are going to be an important part of that too. So, so yeah, high quality moisture wicking base layers some kind of insulation piece and then a good shell on the outside that's going to handle the noise handle some wind handle some moisture Um, and wind for me is a big one like I can handle a lot of cold temperatures but if you've got that wind that just if it's cutting right through you and you're feeling that wind that sucks away warmth like nothing else I mean that's what so many times gets you cold so if whatever you have can cut some of that wind makes a big impact that's something that for me when I get something that blocks the wind that's that's super helpful yeah. You know, when we probably, I don't know, 15 years or 10, you know, probably 10, 15 years ago when we were back in the day, we were with Scent Blocker. They, they had some really quality stuff, but it was super heavy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't never really, I didn't, when you got later in the season, it, be, it was the, the really good stuff was the really heavy stuff. And I think technology has changed so much, uh, in the, in the last five, you know, 10 years that the, the equipment, the gear, the clothing is super lightweight now. And, uh, it allows you to layer up like we, we, ne- we never used to layer our stuff. It just, you, you wore that big, heavy, heavy park. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. so, um, you know, you'd have some sort of base layer, but back then it was probably a thermal underwear. You know, you know what I mean? It wasn't the waffle design. Yeah. There wasn't yeah. much to it. Um, uh, and, and things have evolved so much over, over the years that, um, the gear is a lot lighter, which is helpful. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, a big thing for us, like there's a lot of cool stuff, synthetic stuff out there from a lot of companies, but the problem is the noise issue. Like it may seem quiet, you know, you're, when you're in you know, a normal everyday setting, you touch this, like, yeah, it's not bad. You get in a tree and it's early November <laughs> and it's the morning and there's no wind you know, or two mile an hour wind for, which might as well be no wind. It's the loudest thing you've ever heard. You know, that that's the kind of stuff you got to look out for. So when you're trying gear on and you're trying different companies, you, you just want to test that stuff out because yeah. it's a big deal. Like, you know, you don't want anything that's, it, it will give you away. It will give your position away. You can't, um, 
underestimate how loud you rubbing against the tree is. Like it, 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 with the wrong material, it is it might as well be a banging of a drum. Especially when there's a bucket 20 yards. For some yeah. reason, every every noise gets magnified. Yeah. So clothing on clothing, you know, movements. You know, when you go think about it, when you turn to grab your bow and get it off the hanger, you're you're making a critical movement right mm-hmm. there and that's when you need to be the quietest so um you know i know there's a lot of good synthetic materials out there but for uh, for me for us i think you know the quieter the softer the better um which sometimes you give up you got to give up some of the rain um resistant stuff mm-hmm. nowadays i feel like almost everything's rain resistant even if it is like a a real soft material so you know obviously this technology they figured a lot out there but um for us i mean it's a it's a, you want to get as soft as you possibly can i know that what i was in mostly this year was a, a suit called the harvester series yep. and it, it lasts you literally mid late October when it starts cooling off all the way through late November, early December until it really starts getting cold. And it, it did the job pretty well for me. So that's, that's my two cents. I like real soft material for that outer layer. And just like you, I base layer with a, with a, some sort of synthetic, you know, um, wicking ma- material mm-hmm. that will, um, you know, when you do go walk into a stand in the morning and you got all your gear on, you you're sweating it within, you know, five minutes, it feels like you're back to back to, you know, square one. Right. Yeah. And and, and Mark, you'd mentioned base layer materials and one that's often overlooked, but really great for, for folks that are in kind of temperate climates where it can be a little warm, but you still want a base layer is silk. And it's a little pricey, uh, but silk is lightweight, doesn't retain a lot of heat, but it wicks moisture also um, and is, is extremely comfortable. And I know people sometimes cringe when they think of wool next to your skin, but that's been years ago. I mean, with merino wool and the way that they yeah. manufacture that now, it's so soft and it's so it, it, it's just and it's, it's, it's naturally antimicrobial. So you, you so you get a little bit of the, the scent protection aspect there. And I think almost every major company in our industry uses something like that. You know, I mean, everybody's got a base layer. Everybody's got it, literally every company's got their own system, yeah. their own hearing system and, and quality products. It's a matter of testing it out, figuring out what fits because fit is important yeah. and they all have a different fit, a fit and feel comfort. Um, but you know, that's one of those deals where it's all good to buy online and that's the way everything's going these days. But there's just something mm-hmm. about going into a Bash Pro Cabela's or wherever and still being able to touch it, feel it, put it on, try it on before you buy it. Cause it, that, that's the other element of this. All this stuff is can be pricey. So you want to make sure you're investing wisely, right? Well, yeah. And and you look a little insane going around because I listen, I'll go up and I'll like rub the garment together to see what it sounds like. Cause I'm, cause I'm concerned about noise. And then I'm also thinking about what happens when it's 18 degrees outside. Because a lot of things that may be kind of quiet and supple during warmer weather months, you get it cold and it gets brittle and hard to move and louder. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about the the weather and how that impacts the the fabric that you're wearing also. That's a great point. Uh, there's one final thing that's on my mind right now. And it's that, you know, we've been sitting here talking about different things to wear in September, October and different layering systems for November. And we've talked about those early morning walk-ins, you know, when you're sweating on your way to your tree stand and then you get up there and you're, you're adding your layers and trying to stay warm. And I have got a palpable, like rising heartbeat 
And I feel like the, the hairs in the back of my neck have been slowly rising up the more and more we talk about this because I think I'm just really ready for the rut. I'm getting pumped. <laughs> so we're all we're all screwed because yeah, we're we, all ready. We got for a ways it. to go, brother. <laughs> I'm ready to be in a tree stand. Let's just Dude, make it happen. The one thing that you're gonna get out of this conversation is you're gonna be sweating a lot between now and then, but it's because you're gonna be putting <laughs> in your food plots, you're gonna be, you know, getting this the the stands hung and all that good stuff. So now the work begins. It's crazy because we talk about it over and over and over, all the effort and the work that you put into it, and then the season's here and it kinda comes and goes like a flash. Yeah. But uh I, I don't know. I'm I kinda love the off season just as much maybe that's because we're you know i'm a crappy hunter and i barely ever kill anything (laughs) so it's all i got to hang my hat on is the hard work that we put into the farm but i'm looking forward to it it's here it's true the the process if you if you had the end result without the whole process that led up to it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything the same so i i'm right there with you enjoy the journey yeah i always imagine if we actually killed something on that piece of property that we worked so hard on the emotions just kind of <laughs> you'll cry I mean, you're gonna I, cry i may i may faint i don't know <laughs> we we talk we've talked about it for so long i don't know what it's gonna be like it's gonna be a letdown is what it's gonna be the, this like, year's the year man sure no actually i kind of got some news on that front i, I Dad and I just uh, purchased a piece. I'm a very small minority owner in it, but we just purchased a farm together, uh, not far from my lease, actually. And and um, so we're looking forward to seeing what we can do um, with that property and and um, trying to kind of put our twist, our signature on it. So, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. It has a lot of potential. That's exciting. Now, are you going to keep the lease, too, or are you getting rid of that? Yeah, I think I'm, we're going to keep it. You know, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's real close uh, to, to this other piece, so it'll give us some options. Um, and, of course, you know, Wayno's uh, my lease partner, is still uh, going to be coming in to hunt, you know, the the week or so of the rut. So, um, yeah, we're still going to keep it. But uh, And it's honestly the, the lease to this point, uh, outside of a little bit of upkeep that it would need on the food plots, um, I feel like I got all the stands where they need to be. I got, you know, everything set up. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's kind of be foolish for me to back out now um so uh, yeah we're going to continue with that but my focus is definitely uh, going to be switching gears a little bit this year and i look forward to trying to do the food plot architecture and, and come up with some new plans and strategies for this new piece and and we'll see what we can do we're excited about it though awesome i'm looking forward to following along yeah yeah and that's the good part i mean every bit of it will be you know producing and, and, and editing you know pieces for dod tv so yeah. Uh, the, the viewers at home will be able to see what we're up to. That's awesome. Well, with all that good stuff to look forward to, should we wrap this one up and uh, get back outside? Let's do it. It's Sounds too nice good. to be inside. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then my real quick update on my end would just be to go over to wiredtohunt.com to submit a question of your own. If you want a future question on an episode answered, you can do it there. You can If I could talk, you can subscribe to the audio version as well. And Matt, what kind of updates do you have? Yeah, as always, you can follow along and watch the video version of the podcast over on the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel. Uh, we're, we're doing a really cool giveaway right now. We're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers. I think we're in the 60s right now at um, 75,000. I have a feeling we're going to do a cool giveaway, uh, probably something to do with PSE. And then at 100,000, we're giving away another bow. So um, go check it out. Subscribe. You can get a chance. we got a lot of cool content. We've really concentrated on our YouTube channel this year and, and creating custom content 
content for that viewer. So, um, you know, there's a lot of informative, entertaining uh, clips and, and, and um, hunts that we have up there. So check it out. And as always, you can see anything that Drury, Drury Outdoors is up to on any of the social channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Drury Outdoors. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Yeah, All thanks, right. Mark. See you next time.